Welcome into the What's Up Peoria podcast. I am Nathaniel Washburn. I am your host coming to you from the main library and Amplify Studio here in downtown Peoria. I am excited to be here. It is the middle of December. I cannot believe we are in the middle of December already. Time is flying by. Um, But we do have some awesome events to talk about. And today we have an Emmy Award winning director sitting in our our podcast studio. And I want to introduce Phil Wilson. Phil, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm I'm caffed up and ready to go. <laughs> That's good. I got my cup of coffee in too. So I think together we, we will we'll make it through this. But uh, Phil, thank you for being here this morning. Appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. So we're going to come back to Phil in just a second. But as always, I want to fill everybody in on the upcoming events in December and happening right now at... Uh, Arizona Broadway Theater Company is a Christmas carol that is going on through December 29th. uh, And you can get tickets at azbroadway.org if you are interested in seeing that. It is the musical version of Christmas Carol, so that's always fun. Great to get the family out for that and and always uh, get you in the holiday spirit. Um, The other uh, event going on, uh, the last chance to see... Uh, the Fir Tree, uh, Hans Christian Andersen's uh, fable, is tomorrow, the 17th, right here uh, at City Hall. It's at the amphitheater on the backside of City Hall in downtown Peoria. This is the final performance of this. Um, this is an interactive uh, type of thing where you can bring the kids out and they get to be a part of it. That is at 11 o'clock tomorrow at Centennial Park Amphitheater, right on the backside of City Hall. January is right around the corner, and we do have some things happening in January, starting with the annual polar plunge and if you don't know what the polar plunge is um, it's cold I can tell you that but if you want to be a part of it you can join uh, the city of Peoria at Centennial Pool on January 7th and that is at 8 o'clock it goes from 8 to 9 and if you want more information on that you can go to www.peoriaaz.gov backslash aquatics and it will give you all the information you need on the polar plunge also coming up in January We have our MLK Day of Service, which also is coinciding with our second Saturdays. That is happening uh, Saturday, January 14th. It is going to be a day of awesomeness. There's going to be some wonderful things out there. It is a chance to uh, celebrate uh, Martin Luther King and what he stood for and what he did. Uh, And if you would like more information, you can go to PeoriaAZ.gov for that as well. And then something new that is happening is something called Global Sounds, and this is at the Peoria Center for the Performing Arts, and this is a free concert series that is going to be happening there every single month, and this is a really, really cool thing. Um, There's going to be different types of performances going on, different performers, different styles of music, Uh, and and again, this is happening right here in our city at at the uh, Peoria Center for the Performing Arts, and uh, it's called Global Sounds, so you can get more information uh, on that at our Facebook. Facebook page, the uh, Peoria AZ Facebook page, head on over there and you can definitely get more information on that. But that is going to be a lot of fun. And I will have a lot more information on that coming up in future uh, podcast episodes. So that is what's happening in Peoria, a ton going on. Um, But we are going to shift gears a little bit 
And we're going to bring Phil back in here so we can talk to, to him about his work. And the reason Phil is here is because he's been working on a project that, uh, with TheaterWorks. Um, and I had Chris Hamby on, and we were talking about Curiouser and Curiouser, which was the immersive theater experience that TheaterWorks did um, during COVID. And it really was unbelievable. Got national recognition for how great it was. But as a part of that, Phil Wilson came in, and Phil uh, has now produced a documentary about the whole the the whole experience. Is that is that am I being accurate there, Phil? <laughs> is that did yeah. I nail it? Yeah, you could you could say that. Okay, I, I, I think um, I, I could back up a touch. Um, so so TheaterWorks has been kind of a, a client of mine since probably 2016, 2017. And I, I teach at Huntington University. I'm the film professor there. And and I have my master's from San Diego State University. Wow. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In higher ed, though, it's not an MFA. <laughs> it's not an MFA, so it's not terminal. And so I needed a terminal degree. And so my university sponsored my uh, enrollment in Asbury University. And so as a part of my sort of thesis capstone, project, uh, I needed a, a piece. And uh, lo and behold, I had all this footage from, you know, my my partnership with TheaterWorks and them sort of as a client. And I pitched it. I was like, can I count this? Um, if I make a doc, can I count this for my MFA degree? Right. And, and Chris was like, yes. And Kate was like, yes. And and my university, my, my graduate advisor greenlit it as well. And so um, it was it was a dual purpose in a way. It was serving theater works mm -hmm. and serving myself and allowing me to. I just finished and my 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 studies. I just got my MFA. Wow! Congratulations! In August, in August. yeah. That so is thank you. Awesome. And yeah. So um, I passed, and and so now <laughs> I'm a legitimate professor now with Look a terminal you. degree. So and so um, so yeah. You, I, I do want to back up because uh -huh. I, I wanted to bring up Curiouser because that's the totally. reason why you're here. But I want to yeah. back up a little bit, Phil. I want to talk a little bit about you. So yeah. you are an award-winning director. Um, you you won an Emmy. Mm -hmm. uh, that is no small feat. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, how did you get started in this? What was your, uh, you know, how do you, what's your journey? What's your path that led you here? Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that question because I think every artist is looking for that roadmap that we all uh, yeah, absolutely. Are, are kind of like, how did they do it? And I think the origin stories in the act ones of people's lives are really fascinating. So my, I grew up in Washington state in rural Washington state, uh, probably an hour outside of Seattle. And my dad worked at the Puget Sound Naval Shipyard. He was a blue collar guy for 25 years. Wow. He was one of these guys who got the watch at the end of his retirement or whatever. And my mom worked at Kmart. And I saw these people working in these fields where they weren't satisfied with their vocations. They were happy to provide. But, um, you know, the time that we sort of past with each other was, you know, he would turn me on to VH1's Behind the Music and certain arts things. Those are really good series, by the way. I oh, love totally, those. Totally. Well done. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So it, it was always like, um, you know, it's, the job is something that you you just do and you make a living, right? And and so uh, it, it never necessarily occurred to me that you could have 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 your passion and your vocation kind of be... So, you know, you, you could you could find a way to 
use your art in a way that allows you to get paid to do it, if that makes sense. And like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this is something I could actually get paid to do it even and enjoy it at the same right. time. So, I mean, my dad was ver an advocate of like, sort of like, get in at the shipyard, it's benefits, it's all this stuff. And you know, <laughs> right. like, you and he's push, not you wrong. Could, no, you could push a broom <laughs> and get $17 an hour. And at the time, that was a lot of money. So, right. um, I guess fast forward to uh, high school. I'm a C student. I'm I'm not satisfied in any sort. Of, I'm just an outsider, and I think every artist can relate to that feeling of being kind of an outcast a little bit, enjoying theater, enjoying. I found video production like in my junior mm -hmm. year at, in high school, and and uh, my my uncle had been living this path where he was a freelance news cameraman. He was like somebody that I was living this life where he had. He had set up cameras for interviews with, you know, President Clinton and President Bush. And like we had coffee cups with his face. Wow, next that's to, pretty next cool. Next to a president. So yeah. that was somebody I was like, oh, man, like he's living the he, anytime he came into town, it was a big deal. He took everybody out to dinner, like <laughs> CNN yeah, news cameraman. Cool. Right. So that was like, oh, oh, Uncle Dale has has lived this life maybe i could too in a way and so i i i had that sort of in my in my s small circle in rural washington state as like sort of maybe a model and then um so so i took video production in high school and just fell in love with yeah. the idea of picking up a camera and being able to tell a story and move people in a way and communicate in a way that uh like face-to-face -face interactions I've never been able to be fully understood. And right. I think as an artist, you probably understand that. You, you don't really feel fully understood until you've shared a part of yourself that is your art. Yeah, it's you the know? story. It's the storytelling that gives artists their the the blood flow. That, I mean, it gives them life, and I can absolutely relate yeah. to that. Yeah, and so, like, you don't know me in, until you've seen my stuff yeah. or or until you've heard me sing or, or things like that, right? right? And so... Um, then, so I, like I said, I was a C student and, um, so, so I got all A's in video production was just <laughs> kind of like the self-assigned captain of right. that sort of uh, program. And then, um, went to Tacoma community college. And so I've become a big fan of community college uh -huh. in a way, because it helps me sort of U-turn and strike out in a way that was like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to be Spielberg. I'm going to do this for a nice. living and sort of. Um, car carve my own path and my vehicle at the time in that region was 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 college you right. know there's kind of a hot debate now where like whether you need to go to film school or not you know there's so many resources available now and they're all legitimate in terms of the path but like there's um youtube and all these things and resources and mentors and stuff and do you really need to go right. to film school many more avenues than exactly. there used to be you exactly. know i mean I, I grew up in high school in the 90s and there was not a lot of avenues for us to go down as performers or you know that was really you go to school you know if you wanted to do musical theater or you wanted to do the it was like you go to school or you go to broad or you go to the big city and try to make it that right, was those right. were your options yeah and i saw usc ucla nyu as like okay that's right. that's it and so honestly that was my ambition was was getting into one of those top tier film schools and i ended up so i'll i'll, I'll condense this a little <laughs> more but ended up going to the bay area in san jose state and got my bachelor's in film there and then trans and then got my master's from san diego state so we did kind of this from washington to northern california to southern california moving on so down the coast down huh? five you know what i mean <laughs> and so then um yeah uh i i moved back up to washington state uh, because my my mother-in-law was diagnosed with cancer mm -hmm. and so i had my master's and um you know 
was trying to start my own production company sure. doing videos for nonprofits specifically, oh, which ties wow. into kind of that theater works element. But um, saw this sort of teaching position available at Olympic College. And like oh, I said, okay. yeah. like I loved community college and that environment and stuff like that. And so took that. So in between the two, I was able to kind of make a living, had a kid at the time and was just trying to provide. <laughs> right. and to live. So it's kind of living that vagabond artist life that it was now grounded in some sort of realness right. of, of looking at, at my daughter and thinking like, okay, how, how can I provide for her? So <laughs> teaching part-time and working on videos part-time for nonprofits and was able to make a living. And then um, the stability of a full-time teaching position really appealed to me. So I was on the hunt and on, I was I was looking and I, I saw Huntington University right. was starting a film school kind of in, in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And they, I don't know, they, they were crazy enough to offer me the opportunity. <laughs> I don't know how, I mean, seven years ago, I was 32. Oh, wow. And they handed me the, the keys to this 30,000 square foot building that they had just put millions of dollars into two wow. studios. It's um, two, two labs and multiple edit suites and things like that. And they were like, you're the guy we want you to run it talk about like, believing in somebody dude, right that dude, that's phenomenal i was humbling and, uh, yeah and and i'm a person of faith and i i had seen that god was preparing me it for for it and in, in a way that was like okay yeah i can do that i think i can do that yeah 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 okay okay so i really never fully left film school yeah no that's <laughs> amazing way, story so. though to the path you go on right. and where you end up it, yeah. you never know right you never yeah. know where you're going to end up yeah. and you, you know you have your faith and you follow that faith uh -huh. and it it can lead you to unbelievable places. Uh -huh. It really can. Uh -huh. That is yeah. fantastic. So, so now we're 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 an award winning film school too, and we we I had just submitted fifteen projects uh, just yesterday to the Phoenix Film Festival. When we were talking about Jason Carney uh, yeah. having been on this podcast, and I'm a huge fan of his, and he's an advocate for our local Arizona filmmakers and artists and stuff. And so, uh, fingers crossed for all those students. But that documentary is included in that swath of things that I just submitted, and so. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> I can I can talk about wanting to cover this amazing uh, enterprise that TheaterWorks undertook during yeah. the pandemic. I think I was driven in an emotional capacity because I was so, I don't know about you, but my vibe was just diminished. I was just feeling very down as an artist, just like... I, we can't do our art like right. as filmmakers it's a team sport you need a bunch of people and so they're hollywood is still just figuring it out yeah you know, we're still yeah. wearing Absolutely. masks and there's covid not covid police but there's people that are um you know that that's their job is to, yeah. just to mind covid and all the requirements therein and so um it was also a really divisive time in our yeah, you know nation's was. history and there were people you know, mask and anti-mask and vaccine and anti-vaccine. And what I loved about TheaterWorks's um, idea was that it was, uh, let's work together on something beautiful. Yeah. And I found that really moving to like, what does it look like when we set aside our differences and we come together as a, as a unified group of people mm -hmm. and we commit to, to saying, we're going to build something really cool and then we're going to offer it as an escape to those people who yeah. are watching the nightly news and they're worrying about the masks and sending their kids to school. Come escape in Wonderland for two hours was such a pure, viscerally amazing thing that I thought just needed to be covered. So yeah. that was my motivation to like, I'm going to hang with these people. I ended up hanging with them for two years just yeah. to 
visit and like, okay, give me an update. You know, where, where are we at with this? And I have footage of them like saying like, we don't know how this is going to go. And we don't know if we're going to sell any tickets. They didn't. We'll see. You know, it was amazing because <laughs> when I had Chris on, that's what, exactly what he said. He said, um, I actually had Chris and, and Mary Lou Stevens, our um, uh, arts, culture, and, and uh, library services director on with him. And that was what they talked about was there was this idea, and it was crazy, you know, immersive theater uh, where you're you're using your entire building and you're walking people through. And Chris said that. We didn't know. And then you know, fast forward two years and you have this unbelievable project. And I love, I love the way you explained it with people just coming together during a really scary time, time that, you know, we didn't know where things were going to go, how things were going to go and just said, we're going to continue to make our art in the best way we can, mm -hmm. um, in the safest way we can mm -hmm. to give people an escape. And I do think that that, that means a ton to the community and those people that come out. And, and it uh, wasn't, it wasn't mediocre. It was, no, it was, it was excellent. Yeah. And so I think there, there's another thing that I respect. And even, even about you in this podcast, is it like, let's try this, let's yeah. launch into this full <laughs> bore and we're not going to do it halfway. We're going to be excellent. And I really respect that whenever I see it, even if it's local and it's small, it's like, let's be excellent. Right. right. And so that's what I saw with theater works too, is they were not halfway. And anytime I see another artist, like just full on, right. I'm like, okay, I'm with you. My empathy is like, all right, what, how can I, help? What, what can how I can do? I yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm the same way. And I love, I love seeing, um, things that are organic become, you know, big it's i'm 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 a huge i always laugh at you know my you know people who love the bands when they're small and then the way they get big they stop liking them and i never mm. understood that because these are guys people you know that just started small and it's organic and it builds and it builds and then they become huge and good for them right and that's kind of what's happened with this it's it started small it was mm -hmm. organic in nature and it blew up mm. and i'm so happy um for chris and for theater works and 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 for you to be able to be a part of that um i think is amazing and I'm hoping everybody gets to see this documentary yeah. because I think there's, you know, for, again, I have not seen it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. But from what you've been telling me and what I've heard is that this it's just this amazing story that's being told and unfolding during a time when nobody knew what was going to happen and nobody knew where we were going. There's another thing to it, too, that it does have to dive into for the first maybe seven or eight minutes where we are talking about the survival of TheaterWorks and mm -hmm. what TheaterWorks has meant to the region in, in offering the West Valley community excellent theater. Um, Chris, Chris does talk about this. This could be the end of yeah. this thing. It could go away. And they have to acknowledge that. And that's that sort of like from that moment and from that darkness, that's worse. I mean, honestly, like in my life, some of my darkest times, like what is, what is on the other side of that right. coin? What happens? Yeah. You know, you got to fight so, through that. Yeah. You do. Yes. And, and they fought. They did. And I, um, early on, I, you know, they were, they were talking about that. I remember talking with Chris and, and they had a, actually did a benefit kind of concert series. And, and I was part of that. I played with a, a couple of buddies of mine, actually John Sefton, who used to work here. Um, we played a couple of songs for that benefit kind of concert that they did. And, um, I was so honored to be a part of it uh, and to be able to help in any way I could because I was scared at the time for Theater Works. I was, you know, Theater Works has given so much. And I started the Theater Works when I was 10 with David Woe when they were in a barn. So uh, Theater Works has a, is a huge piece of my life. And, mm -hmm. and, and so to see it, to see Chris and to see that group 
visibly, you know, shaken, shaken yeah. and scared and un, un and not knowing. Yeah. And then to be able to fight through that yeah. and come out on the other side, the way that they have mm-hmm. is a testament to him, yeah. uh, to Kate and to that whole team over there. And, um, you know, I'm so happy for them that they were able to get through that and they're moving forward and it's great. And for you to be able to tell their story, I think is, is tremendous. Yes, so, and if I, I have the capacity to tell that story, and yes. that nobody else on that team kind of had that sort of like educational background or ability sort of like to, to devote the time to it. So I am really personally grateful for the opportunity to be like, okay, I think, I think somebody should tell this story. I'm watching all these people. I guess it's me. And, <laughs> and then just was able to leverage it in a way that was like, okay, yeah, let, let, let's have it count for my MFA. And now we're trying to get it seen by more people um, through a, a variety of channels and outlets and yeah things, and i, so. I want to talk a little bit about that before we jump into that i, w- I want to ask you so when you're making a documentary like that what is the um you know i'm not a filmmaker so i maybe this is not the smartest question but you know is it just cameras constantly on and you're getting everything that you can um what is when you're making a documentary like that what is the what's the formula oh wow <laughs> yeah so and i mean no that's a really intelligent question i think um post-production for documentary is is honestly more difficult than narrative so you might watch you know spielberg's west side story and think oh my gosh the editing and that is just phenomenal they're cutting on the beat they're doing all these creative things and it it is true but it's not nearly as difficult as documentary editing Mm -hmm. documentary editing is figuring out what the road trip is by going down every highway and every Uh so so you literally have to prove to yourself that and a direction is not going to work by going down it. If okay. that makes sense. Like, yeah, no, it does. A scene where they're struggling to figure out how the, to build the costume for the caterpillar or something like that. And, you know, have some of that footage, have some of that sound bites, throw it together on the timeline, see how it strikes me. And if I'm oh. emotionally, viscerally, if I react, then it's, it's going in. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, okay, okay, cross that off the list. But you have to go down <laughs> that entire you path. Do. You have to sketch it, man. And so it, it is, it is thumbnaily. And you know, I, I'm a finisher. I'm a refiner. I, I like, so it was, it was, I think about a 30 minute rough cut when at its, at its biggest. And now it's about 26. So I shaved off maybe like five or six minutes, but, um, to, 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 to your point, um, acquisition and knowing that, um, the, these, I had access. I think that's, that's the, I've, I've made pieces, um, you know, I made a half hour documentary for, at San Diego State where I was covering the lives of uh, uh, people who were at frat houses in a Greek fraternity, oh, wow. but also um, were people of faith. And so how are they navigating kind of San Diego State has a reputation as a party school, right, kind of okay. like ASU. Yeah, so ASU is definitely. So, so it was like, you know, uh, frat boys of faith, like they're, how are they balancing and navigating that dynamic right and but the access was the problem there because oh, they were just okay. sort of guarded and like yeah. i don't really want to show you my whole but but theater works was open doors it was like come and whenever you want to show up that's fine like just come and just wow uh, watch us rehearse or and and so i sat down with hamby at the end for maybe about four hours and just we we went through the entire thing um and kate for three and digger for two and just so it was these kinds of moments where I knew I had footage to complement what they were talking about. So I, I, I came prepared like yourself with like maybe 30 questions, mm-hmm. like, okay, just 
you know, how did you get into this? Right. Like, what, why do you make theater? And just sort of like, and you don't know if it's going to end up in the dock until you're in post, until you're looking at it, until you're like, and so there was a part of me too, where I'm building this thing. And then I'm like, you know what? I need to hear the backstories of all these people. Like I keep cutting to Paul Peter Peterson, Peterson. Yeah. At be because he compliments Chris in such an interesting right. dynamic no, way they definitely do. because they see life a little bit, you know, like, uh, it's perspective. Paul is the emotion. Paul is just like, <laughs> he's going to give you the feelings, right, yeah. you know, and, um, Chris is maybe the leadership or the mm -hmm. strategy and things like that. And so, so I, I want to hear his backstory. How did he get into dance? And, and, right. um, anyway, there, there is like a moment in the doc where we just press pause on the movie and you just get a little quick, like, Here's how I got into this from everybody. That's so cool. That it's, and it, I was like, well, that's how, that's what, and also that I was compelled to do that because that's, that's how we feel comfortable in our own lives is I, I don't really know. I want to hear your story really right. quick. Like what's your, you know, what's well, your you're an artist and most artists right. want that. Most oh, yeah. artists that I know, I don't care what area you're in, music, theater, design. Most artists want that backstory because y you said it, that's where the emotion mm -hmm. lies. Um, and that's for me, it's huge. Uh, you know, music is, is really where I get that emotional um, uh, thing, the, the emotional thing from, but I want backstories and, you know, documentaries on the, my favorite artists are what I watch. Yeah. Um, you know, I just watched this whole documentary on uh, the Go-Go's on Showtime, if you can believe that. But I didn't know what they were before. And their story was amazing. And mm -hmm. so uh, you nailed it. It's really that story that you that you got to tell with mm -hmm. some of these people. And you do need the backstory. Yeah. You have to have it yeah. to make yeah. that emotional connection to what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I fully answered your question, uh, but it's, you know, it's, I, it's showing up and being it like, it I don't have enough of this <laughs> and I do have enough of this. And like, oh, so I'm roughing out this rough cut and this time line and stuff and it's pretty interview driven i would say like we we i, I transcripted all transcribed yeah. all the interviews and sort of like looked at looked at it you're able to in adobe premiere it has an, a, the ability to take the interviews and turn those just scan it and turn it into a a, a trans transcript oh okay which is amazing yeah and that's then, really so cool. like you could type in like pandemic and then you could have Okay, when did Digger talk about it? When did Paul talk about it? When right. did Chris I could search like all these oh, interviews? Oh, that's very like, cool. Okay, who said what? And that's some great software there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, honestly, it was it was a it was a hot mess well, for a number of weeks, but it slowly kind of came yeah. together. That's, I think you did answer the question because you said that I think the key um, is access. You have to be totally. able to get behind the scenes, and if people yeah. are guarded, the documentary is going to be guarded. Yeah, the documentary is not going to be the story it won't that be you, authentic. Right, it won't be authentic, yeah. and I think with documentaries you have to have that back that back access to get. The, some people don't want their story told, but then you don't get the whole story, mm -hmm. right? And when you want the whole story told, you have to be vulnerable. And I think that you answered it, and that, and, and I, that makes a lot of sense to me. The formula is access, right? It's access, yeah. and then it's putting it all together. How, yeah. Do you know how many hours of footage you ended up with? I know it was close to five terabytes, um, and that's in in terms of I. I mean, I have stuff. <laughs> Translate that into hours. <laughs> how many hours of footage? Yeah, <laughs> if you had to guess, I, I'm, I'm, you know. Maybe fifty. So you, and that, I guess with, with the reason I asked that question is you, you took, you know, five terabytes, fifty hours plus, and turned it into a. It's twenty six minutes, yeah. and I don't think people comprehend how much footage you need 
to make a documentary. Well, and also what's what's long-winded, what's self-indulgent in terms of the edit and what's going to drive the story oh. forward. If it doesn't serve the story, it's out. Nice. So it has to we can divert a little bit down the path, but we have to circle back. Right. And so there, we pose some questions in the beginning, like how is theater works going to come out of this? We have to answer that question at the end. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Truly amazing. So you're, I think, I think the editing too is like introducing problems that will be solved eventually. So it's, <laughs> if you can think about tennis balls being thrown up in the air and yeah. how many can you, you're juggling audience. Yeah. And then as an audience, when you're watching your favorite uh, series, it's just flitting back and forth and checking in no, with each of right. these. And, and then like, how is that going to resolve? And then, oh, that gets resolved, but not in the way that I thought. Right. So you have to subvert expectations a little bit. You're so, totally right. That's exactly yeah. what it is, going back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. And and um, I want to, I want to um, before we jump into where people can see this eventually, that, that we are going to talk about that, you you won an Emmy. Um, what did, what was that for? Just real quick. I That's don't want to. Yeah. So one of my personal ambitions has, has been to make an Emmy uh, award caliber project for, for some time since I took the position at Huntington and I have submitted certain things and, you know, been, been rejected because <laughs> I've, I was put up against million dollar commercials sure. for Arizona lottery. And I was like, okay, well the, the promo for curiouser is good, but it's not quite Arizona lottery. Good. <laughs> right. That right? was made by an agency in right. Phoenix for a million dollars. So, um, kind of uh, just set goals for myself. Mm -hmm. Like was like, I'm gonna set a goal, I'm gonna work really hard, I'm gonna trust God. And so I made uh, a piece uh, with with Paul and with uh, Sydney Trent, uh, where it was just, let's get some dancers together and let's just make art. And nice. so I created a lighting environment in our studio and filmed it and set it to um, like a, almost like a, a yo-yo ma Bach piece. And wow. um, there's a there's a monologue in Dead Poet Society that I've always been a fan of. Uh, it's that um, um, Robin Williams where he, he's 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 talking about why why we we don't read and write poetry because we think it's cute. We read and write poetry because we're members of the human race right. and the human race is filled with passion and it, he just keeps going and right. going and it's just very moving. Right. And so I'm cutting to the footage of all these dancers amidst all this, uh, this, this lighting environment. Anyway, that's a long winded answer to say like, this is this <laughs> piece, right. piece that I got a bunch of artists together and it's like, let's just make cool stuff and see what happens. And then nice. I submitted it to the Emmys. It was nominated and then it won for, uh, lighting uh, for location or studio, and it's zero. If I if I read correctly, like no budget, no budget, yeah, like no, no budget. budget. So went, went up against things that had budget, but which is just, amazing yeah. feat. And, it was and a passion project that turned into an Emmy award winning project. That's unbelievable, and and kudos to you because when you do things on zero budget and you're able to beat things out with big budget, it makes yeah. you feel even better about yourself yeah. because that's hard to do. It's mm -hmm. just hard to do, and to collaborate and get people together and say. Yeah, we're gonna do this, and I'm not gonna pay you, and you gotta just be a part of it. And, hey, <laughs> Sydney is amazing. Paul is amazing, and I felt a level of guilt too, where I was like, I'm so. I hope this is cool. I hope you had a good time. I I am a director. I do ask and demand a lot from people if they're here. Right. I'm gonna maximize their time. Sure. I want I want great takes. Can we do it again, please? It's yeah. something that the theater works people are used to hearing Phil say. Like, <laughs> I know we've done seven of these. I need one more. I'm right. not. We're not quite there yet, and so. Um, people putting up with that for a minute. And then I text Paul, I was like, I'm so sorry I held on to you guys for so long. Like, hopefully you had a good time. He's like, no, it was great. We went out for sushi afterwards. I was like, oh, cool. cool. Hey, that's so the great. business. Yeah. That's the business of that's directing. So <laughs> yeah. that, nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. So um, 
let's talk a little bit about um, you know there's isn't people as of right now the, the documentary um, you guys did do a screening of it at Theater Works we did um, November 9th yeah November great. 9th and yeah. and I heard it was fantastic so I know you're working to get this out there what are some of those avenues that you're pursuing right now we have um, I w- I say we but I I have submitted um, you know um, to the Arizona. Uh, PBS people nice. that I know that are in my circle that I'm trying to sort of leverage, like uh, let, let's let's get this reviewed mm-hmm. and see if it's something that they would be interested in. And then I'm still waiting to hear back. There's um, also uh, Nick Serpa, whose footage is in uh, the documentary as well. He's a he's a Cronkite grad. Oh wow! And uh, went went and worked at uh, that PBS station there too, and sort of is, is helping advocate to try to get it nice. on there. So the the vision is, um, you know, that it would land at Arizona PBS, that we would be able to give kind of a roundtable discussion about the project and the film, uh, because we I I think it reflects the gumption and ambition and um, I don't know. It's a very it's a very like. Uh, community f- arts focused uh, piece that sort of represents what Arizonans are capable of in in a time of crisis, right? right? It's really literally an analysis of arts in the time of crisis, uh, put on by a community theater, right? So, That's like, amazing. Let's let's land that at PBS. Yeah, <laughs> no, well, and and we wish you the best of luck in that endeavor, and and I do hope that uh, there is an avenue where people can see this because again, I'm excited uh, to see this at some point and um, obviously getting your work out there isn't always easy. And so um, I do wish you the best of luck in that. And, and hopefully down the road, all of our listeners are going to have a chance to see down the rabbit hole, uh, which is the, uh, the documentary by Phil Wilson about curiouser and curiouser, which was the immersive theater experience that happened um, at theater works and, and uh Peoria Center for the Performing Arts. So, Phil, we wish you the best of luck Thanks. on that. And Chris, Chris did let me know just uh, that it will screen at the Herberger in oh, February. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so maybe some exciting. more information on that to come. Yeah. Everybody's ears just perked up out there. There'll be more information. I will. I will go down that rabbit hole with Chris myself okay. and see if I can find out more information about that. So, um, but hey, I I, I want to thank you so much for coming on, Phil. Um, tremendous stuff, and and congratulations on on your career so far and what you've uh, accomplished. And um, I definitely want to get you back on here. And um, this podcast is all things Peoria. We really focus on things that are going on Peoria. And um, you're you're making a difference in the community by being a teacher and doing what you're doing at Huntington. And I know uh, the folks over there are tremendous. The, the, the school is tremendous. And you guys do great work over Thank there. Um, as a as a, uh, a teacher myself, I am uh, just so happy to see what's happening over there and, and love uh, the difference you are making in the Peoria community. I'm invested in, in this community. Obviously, I work here, but uh, I live in Peoria as well, and I am so invested in, in Peoria and the success of it, and Huntington has made a huge mark, and you're, you're making a mark here, so I want to thank you for that thank as well. Thank you. Yeah, if I can just talk a Please. little bit about Huntington is that when people drive by the 101... I don't think they know that no. they're driving by <laughs> a place, uh, according to the Broadcast Education Association, which is an international organization, we submit all of our student and faculty work to every year, at least 30 pieces. W- according to the Broadcast Education Association, we are the number five school wow. out of 170 for film and video. That's Fantastic. In the nation. In the nation. That's so unbelievable. ASU's number one, you yeah. know, good for them. Oklahoma <laughs> State. And then you've got this little Peoria 
Yeah. You know, Huntington University is number five So in, if, in just seven years. So if people are interested, if we have audience who are interested in getting into Huntington and the film mm-hmm. and all the media production that goes over, what can, where, this is a chance for you to kind of talk about that. Awesome, where can they yeah. go? So um, Jeff Bergren is our uh, director of Arizona Operations. There's uh, people there that are available at, to give tours, to uh, show the spaces and talk about curriculum too. So um, we also submit our student work. I uh, just submitted like 15 pieces to the Phoenix Film Festival. Mm-hmm. We've we've actually gotten 15 projects um, from student to faculty into the Phoenix Film Festival wow. in seven years, which is Congrats. I think a really That's cool benchmark. Huge. So the other thing that is is a as a marker too is the Rocky Mountain Emmy uh, Student Production Awards. Yes. I think we've won something like 32. Wow. in seven years as well so um i think we've we've figured out a way to try to get our students into situations where it's hands-on right when you take your first class with me i put a camera in your hands and right. i start talking about not just the theory but the practice right. and i know and i admit that the set is the greatest teacher um, it's like we don't talk about playing baseball. We play baseball, and that's how we learn. Yeah, it's hands you know? on. It's practical. It's hands on. I practical. love that. And so the, by the time they graduate, by the time they're seniors, they've made a hundred projects. Oh, and so wow. you don't you don't necessarily you just um you know you don't walk away from every project not having learned something. No, it's you like you I mean? it's like you start day one and you're you're full you know you're going at full bore right there yes, so that's yes. very cool and i've showed up to your set and you showed up to mine and there's a community and a network afterwards that people plug into and so um yeah it's a it's a cool space it's a creative hub it's um we we also i think have an element of service to our i tr- i try to um like this documentary was a service to theater works mm-hmm. that i was proud and happy to be able to hand over to them and be like here's here's what my art can here here's my gift to you. Right. No charge. Just here, you know, you did a really cool thing here. Let me give this to you as, 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 as a person who was impacted and affected by what they did. Um, and, and my life was changed a little bit by, by what I saw. Um, I, I give students an opportunity to experience what it's like to use their art and service. So we've done documentaries for teen challenge for soldiers, best friend. Um, I'm in contact with the Phoenix rescue mission to like, these are organizations that, that do a lot of good in the world right? and they serve the community um, and they have some of the best stories in terms of life transformation, right? That's, like Teen Challenge, you're talking about somebody that was addicted to heroin right. at 16 or something, turned their life around and now they're graduating college or something like that. Those are the, but they don't, those are the stories you want to hear. Those yes, are the yeah. stories that move people. And so like, a filmmaker is like, that's what I want. Right. So there's a three act structure right there, not to be manipulative about it, but it's necessarily like, that's going to be a compelling story. And it's, and it's, but, but they don't have the funds to be able to afford like the biggest and best. And so we, we, we send those, I don't want to call them clients, but like those projects to students to say like, what does it look like when it's not this sort of piece that's like, just a pure narrative where it's, it's just come from you and it's very very about you what does it look like when you're you're using your art and service to a, an entity now that can now leverage it to raise money for yeah. their endeavors and teen challenge got to use uh, a, a piece that was made by one of our students and they raised over half a million dollars a story like that saves lives it's not just about i mean to me it's about stories like that 
will save somebody's life down the road. Yeah. Literally yeah. save somebody's life because yeah. you know, we know the the perils of drugs. We know mm-hmm. where that goes and a story like that it's going to save somebody's life. Yeah. So you are taking a story telling it for the the purpose of good. Unbelievable stuff. I want to get you back on Phil. You you were fantastic and and I appreciate you uh, letting me kind of dive into your past a little bit and you talking about uh, about what's uh, what's going on with you and other projects you have and for those of you out there Huntington is in our backyard everyone. It is right here in our backyard in Peoria, and they're doing amazing things. Um, you can visit the campus. Uh, you can go to the website if you're interested in getting involved. Um, if you've ever wanted to do anything in media production, like I said, you have a, a we now Peoria has a college in our backyard that uh, is number five, number five in yeah. the country. Yeah. That's no small feat. So um, you know, take advantage of that. Uh, you know, if you're interested, go out there, uh, visit the campus, call somebody, get online, check them out because they're doing wonderful things and. Uh, and again, Phil, I want to thank you. And as always, to all of you out there, make sure you're getting out to the events that we're doing. Make sure you're taking a part of what's happening in Peoria because there are some wonderful, wonderful things happening. And until next time, this is What's Up Peoria. <laughs>